Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, Revoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Blog Talk Radio. Recruiting Animal here on August 26, 26, 2015. I was just talking to my guest in the green room. He told me my connection to the show is terrible, <laughs> that I'm breaking up, that I should call back on the phone. But you know what? I didn't have time. So what I'll do is I'll do my little intro, which is fairly short today. Then I'll hand it over to Jerry to have a chat with him. And I'll call back on a phone, hopefully. I'll get back in. Anyway, here I go. I was reading an article this week on a blog called The Belmont Club. I've read it since 9-11. Anyway, this time it was about things, things that seem to be working well, and suddenly they collapse. In 2007, the I-35W Mississippi River Bridge suddenly collapsed and people down there were really surprised because they said hey this has been working fine since 1967 why on earth would it collapse now and here's the reason it's collapsed because it was working fine since 1967 and it couldn't take it anymore it couldn't handle the stress but people don't realize that most things don't last forever and sometimes You can see the signs that something isn't working well anymore, but people misread them, and they think they aren't just working hard enough. I'm not talking about a bridge. I'm talking about something you do in everyday life. They see that, uh, you know, their sales are down, so they do more of the same thing they've always done. But that's like speaking to someone who doesn't answer And when you realize that he doesn't speak English, you just start shouting as if that's going to help, but it won't. Anyway, the big recruiting firms say that they've seen the signs of strain on executive recruiting. So for a few years already, they've started off offering other services like leadership development. I know we've talked about it before. It's been in the news a number of times, but other companies usually the smaller recruiters, I'd say, they say, hey, there's nothing to worry about. Industry is always going to need third-party recruiters. It's only going to be the bad ones who get cast aside. So, you know, really it's good because we'll have less competition. That's what they said during the recession too, isn't it? What's the truth? I don't know. But I know a show where people get in trouble. If they talk about this stuff, in a monotone. And Jerry, Jerry, what show is that? The Recruiting Animal Show. 
doing today, Animal? Uh, you know, I'm a bit frustrated. Do I sound as bad as uh, you sound Jeff? Great. You sound absolutely top-notch. Top shelf. Jeff, don't, do I sound okay? Thing. You know, maybe you misunderstood. We were talking about you breaking us up. No, yeah, okay, yeah, right. Okay, anyway, we got our old friend, the big game hunter, who, you know, he spells his name on Twitter. It's so awful. The big game. And then he ran out of space, so hunter is H-U-N-T-R. That just drives me crazy. The me big too. game hunter without the E at the end, you know? But his name is Jeff Altman, and we're going to call him Jeff on this show. Hi, okay, Jeff. big game hunter, yeah. Howdy. Okay. Okay, and he was a great guest, I don't know, six years ago when he came on. It was a long time ago, and I'm sorry that he hasn't been on since then because he's got a lot to say, and he knows how to say it. But first, now's the time we sing. We're going to sing a golden oldie. Jeff, are you ready? I'm ready for you. Does anybody else know Runaway by Del Shannon and actually want to sing? Anybody? No. I speak. How about a better question? Are you willing to sing? No, they won't. They've got no guts. Let's just this do it. It's always show that everybody hates. But I can stop. I think they like it. They hate it. Okay, let's just do it this time. Uh, One, okay. two, three. As I walk along, I wonder what went wrong with our love. Our love that was so strong. And as I just walk on, I think of the things we've done. Together, together. while well, our hearts were young, as I'm walking in the rain, I'm I'm wishing you were here Okay. That's enough. Jeff, Anyone what's your personal? <laughs> what's your personal brand? Why do we still do this? <laughs> what's your personal brand, Jeff? My personal brand? Yeah. The big game hunter. Well, what does that mean? You know, years ago, uh, I was um, thinking about what, a, you know, what I'd say to corporations and how people view me. Now, you, know, you call up and go, hi, uh, my name is Jeff Altman. Uh, I'm a recruiter, or uh, I'm head of talent acquisition for so-and-so. And I realized anyone with two weeks of experience is told to say the same thing. So the question was, what can I say any differently or what can I do any differently to stand out from the pack? It took about 30 seconds, but you know, instead of using Headhunter, the big game hunter came into my mind. I said, that would cause me to stand out. People would figure out that I'm not a guy with two weeks of experience because no one that junior would have the balls to do it. So I trademarked the term. Everything I've done since the mid-70s, I'm 70s, uh, until since... 
2006-2007 has always had the tag of the big game hunter. I've incorporated it, trademarked it. All my branding is around the big game hunter now. So, so hold on, are you telling me? That, that leads to my obvious question. How does that dentist shooting Cecil the Lion, a.k.a. that big game hunter, how does that affect your brand since now everybody is supposed to hate big game hunters? You know, so far, no impact whatsoever. I, you know, every once a, I would say every nine months, I get an obnoxious letter from some hater and that's what they do. You know, there's nothing I could say that would satisfy them. You know, my response is always to say, you prefer headhunter, someone who boils the scalp of an individual and puts it on a spear. That's a better term for what I do. So that right. eventually shuts them up. Okay, hold on. I'm not clear. Do you actually call someone you've never spoken to looking for business and say, hi, it's a big game hunter? Or if you talk I'll to reception, go ahead. Alpen. Jeff Alpin, the big game hunter. Now, again, for me now it's easier because that's the name of the company. Yeah. Okay. So, if I recruited, if I recruited under the name Recruiting Animal, you think that would work for me? People say no. You know, your market probably is not with the corporations as Recruiting Animal. Your your brand is just can just be. I have name. no brand. Okay, I have no brand, but I would have one like that. Are you saying that people can use a wacky name for themselves and go out there and get business from, the, you know, corporations or big or small business? How should someone present themselves ideally? If you had a junior recruiter come into your office tomorrow and you say, look, I want you to get on the phone and get me some business, how would you tell them to present themselves? I wouldn't tell them to say that they're the big game hunter because they aren't, uh, and they wouldn't be able to carry themselves. I would say that they're with a big game hunter, but they themselves aren't it, and I wouldn't allow them to use my, my trademark in that yeah, way. That's not what I meant. Uh, you know, I'm imagining. Okay. Uh, yeah, what? You know. <laughs> What's the best way? A guy named A.J. Paul Dillon on my Facebook group said that when he cold calls employers, he gets stopped at the front door, and he was looking for tips, how he can get through to the you know, the per the manager, hiring manager he has to speak to, and how we can get business from that hiring manager. Do you have any advice, or should I move on? I'm sorry, I sang too long as well, okay? Sorry, I know That's it. That singing about ruined the show. Thanks for giving me a re uh, an opportunity to add my comment on it. It was awful, I'll admit, okay? So what? About anyway, we still got 55 minutes. Call. We've got 55 minutes. Do you have anything to tell us about business 50, development, Jeff? 50. You know, what I'll say about business development is on to the next call, only because if people think there's a magic bullet where you say these magic words and suddenly people bow down before you and say, here, let me give you 40 jobs to work on, you're mistaken. It involves perseverance, timing, luck, and effort. So time and again, recruiters want that one magic thing that is going to cause all clients to drop their drawers for them, and it doesn't work. Doesn't okay, happen. so hold on. So you get on and say, hi, my name's Jeff Altman, the big game hunter. What does the person right. usually say after that? What are you talking about? What, what are you? Is that what they say? You know, uh, no, they don't say that. What are you, an idiot or something? Most, at this point, given the amount of marketing I've done, a lot of firms have heard of me before. A lot of people have heard of me uh, because of all the content that I've put out, the videos, the e-zines, the podcasts. They see me all over the web, and a lot of people take note of that. 
So, you know, not everyone calls me with jobs, but when I'm doing biz dev work, the doors kind of open up for me pretty nicely. I have a hard time believing that. Jerry, does that ring true for you? Uh, I'm only going to comment on the big game hunter, and I've got to say, yeah, I, I over the years have, have seen this guy's stuff around prior to any uh, more intimate knowledge or understanding of Jeff. So I would say, yeah, Jeff probably could call people and say he's a big game hunter, and they'd be like, wow. Lay it okay. on Okay. And I got to tell you, I get emails and, and emails galore from people who thank me for that material I put out, because you know, from there's like I did uh, an interview for my own show uh, yesterday with this HR guy in Saudi Arabia, and the way he discovered me and he reached out to me to thank me for it is he himself was interviewing for a job. And he said, in my country, what we do is we look for the oldest individual possible because they have wisdom. I found your stuff because, of course, I'm the oldest individual on YouTube giving job search advice. And it helps him land his job with this dairy manufacturer that employs 45,000 people in the kingdom. So uh -huh. he contacted me to thank him, and I interviewed him yesterday about finding a job in Saudi. Uh -huh. And... You know, it all stems from the fact that people discover my stuff, and they have for, you know, I started blogging about the job market in August 2001, and I've been building on that for the longest time, so uh -huh. I don't want to make it seem like people bow down before me, because they obviously don't, but is it easier for me than for a lot of folks? Yeah, because I put in the effort to put in all that material to get name recognition. Okay, so hold on. There's a question we were talking about this week. Some people say that recruitment marketers, they're the guys who say it, they say people have more interest in companies they've heard of than those they haven't. So if you're recruiting and the, the candidate you cold call knows the name of the company you're recruiting for, you're going to have more success with that person. Is that true or false? My opinion is that the brand of that company that they've heard of, and again, it depends on the brand of that company they've heard of, advantages that well-known, well-regarded brand versus the less well-known, less regarded, or bad-branded firm. Okay. Would you take a job? Proof. It's the Facebook thing all over again. Would you take a job order from Amazon today? After that big article last week, you're aware of it? What was so wrong with yeah. that, man? Jeez, what was all the hype? Stupid yeah. animal. And you're part of the problem. <laughs> I'm I passing that crap around. Jeff? Yes, I saw the article. I read the article. I'm aware of the article. And every employer has disgruntled former employees and current yeah. employees. All you uh -huh. have to do is go on Glassdoor. You can find out something about uh -huh. every firm. Uh-huh. They interviewed 80, 100 people, past and present yeah. employees. They said they make them work ridiculous hours. You know, they're very insensitive. about That's not an issue for you, right? Sounds like they work for a recruiting firm. Okay, okay, okay. How, uh, do you, now, what's, your, what's your way of making first contact these days? Email, phone, what is it, text? Uh, not text. Uh, normally email, email, and then follow up with a phone call. Okay, and is it personalized? Is it highly personalized? It appears highly personalized, but actually isn't. Ooh, I like that. What does it mean? It's a copy and paste personalized uh, note. Yeah, and I may tweak one or two thing? things in there. Hey, Big Game Hunter, Jeff, I'm sorry. Sometimes Animal, I, he feels obligated to ask the most basic questions. The rest of the audience knows what you're talking about. 
So you are you are the the audience at large knows what you're saying. So, Thank you, Jerry. Yeah, but you I don't like know. You. So I don't care what animal will ever said about you. I like you. Thank you. I want I want to understand. Well, you know, there's some people. There's some people. They say they research the person's social media profile. They see what they put on their blog, and they put they mention all those when they find the person's passion. They mention that in their in their email. I figure that must take a fair bit of time. You know, that sounds like the propaganda LinkedIn put out when they changed their way of crediting back emails and blamed the person who doesn't get a response for why they were changing their policy. Bizarre. But, you know, LinkedIn would say, personalize your email. Look at uh, your email. Make sure you notice something about the personal habits of the individual. I can see it now. Hi, I'm doing a search for a client. Uh, I'd like to talk with you about it. Hey, you play tennis, I play tennis. Yeah. That's going to make them respond? Come on. We were both in chess club in high school, uh, stuff like that. I mean, it's absurd. Yeah. Well, but what's, what, what, what's in the content? What's your subject line? Can you tell me? Uh, usually it starts off with the term confidential search. And if I'm doing a search, of course, uh, uh, if it's I'm referred by someone, I'm going to reference the, the individual. Uh, are you talking about the biz dev one or the search ones? Right now, I thought we were talking about search ones. You're recruiting. Okay. So if I'm recruiting, I'm starting off with confidential search. And then I'm ending it by saying, do you know someone qualified? Now, one of my favorite points in that was they respond by going, oh, I'm not interested. I said, I didn't ask you if you were interested. I was asking for a referral. So I have one more dip at them at the back end. Uh, but most of the time, I'm getting a referral of someone, or of course, I'm, at the end, by the way, I'm asking them uh, if it's an in-mail. Uh, I'm asking them, please reply whether you're interested or not. That way you get the credit back if they respond. What's your, what's your reply rate? Um, I, be, I, I don't want to say it's no, – the LinkedIn number is 21% uh, that what they quote. Mine last uh, – I, I looked at it was 29 to 32, somewhere in that area. Okay, so, final question about that. What's, what's in the middle? You didn't tell us. You told us the subject line, confidential search. You told us the closer. Do you know anybody? What's in the middle? Uh, I'll provide them with a URL to the job description on my site. You know, I'll provide a little bit of fluff in there about the job, the organization, things along those lines, and I'll, I'll start bringing it to the point of going, uh, well, actually, you want to hear the, the standard letter is, I'm doing a search for a client, a brief description of what the firm does, that's based in, fill in the blank, that's trying to hire someone too, and I'll describe what this individual's overall responsibilities are within an organization. This is a URL to a position description, so I have an embedded URL that would go to someone. Uh -huh. And then from there, it'll continue. You know, it's been a long time since. Okay, I'll just say, Jerry. Jerry says that's bad because then the person can go read the job description and misinterpret it without you being there to tell them right on the phone what's it about. To rebut any misunderstandings. And you know, sometimes that's going to happen. That's the reality to it. And even sometimes when you call them on the phone, they say, no, I'm not interested. And you rebut the misunderstandings. And they don't like being rebutted. And they go away anyway. No matter what I do, nothing's going to work all the time. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Okay. Jerry's also got another shtick. He says, 
When oh, you oh, you're taking quite a few liberties with with my brand here. <laughs> well, Gary, you're right there. You're right there. You can rebut me if you want. Uh, okay. I don't have to. Okay, Jerry's got another shtick. It's called uh, sell a stop, chicken. Stop, stop. None of what I do is a shtick. Okay. Okay. The technique. Yeah. He methodology, doesn't. Methodology, if you don't mind. Yeah, Jerry's got a methodology. He doesn't like to sell a chicken, and that's when you approach a person for the first time uh, with a job. You're, he says you're not supposed to approach them with a job. Do you not? Do you understand? Have you heard that, uh -huh. uh, Jeff? What do you think? It reminds me of the old Steve Finkel approach, yeah. where you're working, you're working on the uh, developing the relationship with someone. Now, again, if you know, there are lots of things that I do in the course of my work. So whether it's business development, recruiting people for an immediate job, or reaching out to folks that I think will be interesting to me in the future. You know, what I'm going to try and do is, is three different types of approaches. So for the person who might be interested in the future, I'm going to call them up and say, I want to have a chance to get acquainted with you. No, I don't have any job in mind for you right now, even though I might or I might not, even though I might want to do recruiting for them or not. But I'd like to have a chance to chat with you. Is this a good time or would it be better if I gave you a call this evening? You know, everything is is part of the different approaches. But in a recruiting call, I understand where Jerry's coming from, but I have too much on my desk to necessarily do two calls to what I can do in one contact. Can, can I just add, though, Jeff, that Animal has some weird kind of mechanism where he'll keep track of things that you may have said like 10 years ago. And now with the advent of technology, different approaches, different things are uh, either more or less accepted by people. Uh, things change. Sure. Mm, That's why yeah. LinkedIn changed the, uh, the way it handled yeah. emails. Yeah. Uh, okay. Is stuck. If, you, if you say one thing, he will have it somewhere saved in some mega database that he'll pull out. And it was like 2003, you said X and Y, and what's the deal? Well, the answer is the, things change. Yeah, the, the, the key for us is to adapt, okay? Okay. Bingo. So, so you said, but you said, you just let us know, to my surprise, that you use email for the first content, uh, contact in your business development uh, 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 work as well. Is that true? Yes, because I want to stick it, stick my name in front of them one time as like a soft call or a soft yeah. contact, and then follow up with a call afterwards. Do people actually see it, or does it go to their junk oh, file? Or? Oh, I'm sure some people have my domain blocked. That's, That's not what I meant. Be. Yeah, they see it, man. Okay. Okay. Yeah, have you ever recruited on one? Animal, do you not send people an email sometimes? Not to start off call? with. Not, not to start off with. Oh, yeah, you know what I said? Uh, email no blast. Going broke, man. Yeah. <laughs> I wasn't supposed to say that. One of my favorite that. emails that I sent out, uh, and this is probably after I interviewed, I interviewed the first time on this show, was an email that I did to a consulting firm. And this firm wound up being worth a half a million dollars in business to me every year for about six years. And what the email said was $500 off each hire if you bring on someone within 30 days. Do you know how many times I had to take $500 off? I don't know. Oh, what, is that... Because they couldn't get their hires done in 30 days. 
Uh-huh. Okay. Well, five hundred dollars off. Then just... forgot about it. Okay. Okay. Let's move on. Let's move on. Good. Okay. How how would you sell that job that where you know that people at Amazon are working eighty hours? One, or one if they said things. they said Jeff, big game hunter, I read in the New York Times yesterday that you know they're going to work me eighty hours. And you know how many hours are you working now? And is it in the same department? Are you working in shipping and fulfillment? No. Are you working in tech? Yeah. So in working in tech, how many hours are you working now? 60. Well, the article didn't address tech. It addressed shipping and fulfillment. No, you're wrong. Oh, that's baloney. You don't know what you're talking about. Let's move on. Of course I don't know what I'm talking about. But you asked me how I'm going to sell it. He would handle it. No, but but first of all, is is it an 80-hour work week that – that you're trying to fill? I mean, is that real? Or is that a rumor? I mean, are we dealing with a rumor here? The article talked about a number of people who complained that Amazon was brutal to them. That they were left crying at their desk, which sounds like half the hedge funds I've ever recruited for. And most of the startups in New York are in the first cycle. But that's a different conversation. At the end of the day, we still have to deal with what the perception is, not necessarily the reality. And the perception that came out one time from this article may be forgotten about, may be remembered. Some people will will not care because they'll still love the Amazon brand and image, and some people will. I, I'm not necessarily going to have the magic words to persuade someone who is so adamant based upon that article yeah, you know, it's, it's just the fact. So that your your attitude, your attitude, your attitude that I can see over a number of issues is, hey, I'm going to win some, I'm going to lose some, I'm not going to worry about getting where I want to get all the time. I, I, you just have a sort of relaxed, uh, you know, sell a V attitude. Is that right? I wouldn't call it say la vie. I'm going to sell hard, but there's a certain point where some of my other training kicks in, and I have to accept the fact that I'm not going to win this one. And you go mm-hmm. on to the next one and find the next person. It's like you don't close every deal, even though you work like hell to do it. See, Animal, and, and this is just from, from my vantage point, Animal prefers to back people into a corner to where they really have no way out and through a force of will make them buy. Hey, isn't that what Steve Fickle does? Let's hear from Alejandro. Come on, Alejandro. The best way to do that with the Amazon situation is encourage them to see for themselves. Go in an interview. You tell them some kind of little story. You tell them, look, I don't know if you're a sports fan, but there's an old analogy. You're never as good as you look when you're winning, and you're never as bad as you look when you're losing. Amazon just got negative press. But I'm telling you, you go in and you meet them, and you make a decision for yourself. And you start the process going. And now you're in the game. And doesn't it also uh, matter whether this is on the first call or you've had this candidate on several interviews and you're kind of working with them midstream in the process, and, hey, here's something that came up, and I want to talk to you about it. I mean, where are you in your relationship with the guy? problem with the recruiting animal show is it seems like every example has to be first call. This is what you're going to do, hammer somebody on right off the bat. I don't like it. And and if they've been on four interviews and this article comes out and everything that they've said so far has been favorable about Amazon, to use that example, because it could be about any other firm. Lord knows, you know, during the the uh, post-financial collapse, you could have said this about Goldman. 
Uh, you could have said it about any number of financial firms. But, you know, they're four interviews in, and suddenly this article comes out. Do you see any evidence of that in your conversations with them? No. But if this is important to you, as we get to the offer stage, I'd, I'd encourage you to raise this as a subject with them to get their response to it. And you know they'll have a perfect corporate response to it. That'll sound sincere and honest and refreshing and, you know, take away most of the doubt. Because I don't know how it is for you guys, but I prefer that they hear it directly from the client most of the time. And most of the clients I work with have enough savvy that they can deliver these messages pretty decently. And the ones that don't have that savvy, I wouldn't make that suggestion about. Anybody else want to talk to, talk to Jeff before I move on about this or any other topic? I'm not even sure what we're talking about. National Enquirer headlines. Uh, okay, we're moving on. Okay, do you do you like to make do you like to make client visits, uh, Jeff? You know, when I was in New York, I did because uh, I knew I did very well in person. But I'm now in Asheville, North Carolina, and my clients are all over the country. And uh -huh. even when I was working with that consulting firm, I was working with people in different parts of the country. So you know, when they were up in the New York area, I'd take them out to dinner. Uh, when they were in Dallas or in Boston uh, or in Chicago, I did not hop a plane to meet with them. It just didn't seem like a good use of my time. How often okay. do you go to the Biltmore? Uh, Biltmore is about five miles from where I live. Isn't that place so, awesome? It's fabulous. It it's is. Folks, if you haven't been to, to Asheville, North Carolina, the Biltmore Estate is uh, a place that you would have seen in the movie Being There. And it was the home that the rich guy was supposed to have in that movie. And even that final scene where Peter Sellers walks across the lake and dips his umbrella into the lake while he's standing on top of the water, yeah. that's part of Biltmore. It's just okay, a look, let's, I don't want to talk yeah. about Biltmore, okay? Look, man, I'm a... Okay, let's just keep... I am here to make Animal happy. Yeah, yeah. Just, keep, okay. just keep hounding this guy. Okay. Let's, what let's I want... not allow for any kind of... I'm here for my beating. Yeah, Come on, yeah. animal. Yeah, sorry, We're not sorry, beating Jeff. you. No, I can't. Sorry, Everybody's on your side. I'm taking the beating. Sorry I'm taking that. the beating. Look, you look. Want me to give a look. bad answer next time so you yeah, can I want to ask about the client. Let me follow, follow, do the follow-up question on the client visits. Do you notice that anything is gained when you're able to visit the client that you lose when you don't? With some firms, over the years, my lack of proximity to them has had a bad impact. I know the difference, and I can feel it, but I try to engage with them regularly. Now, you know, connecting with them on Facebook and chatting them up there versus on LinkedIn, by the way, has helped a lot. Uh, doing things where we talk about our families. They get one of my e-zines about hiring where they learn about my family and they pick up on stuff along those lines. So what are, you know, I'm, I'm trained as a therapist as well. So part of what I'm trying to do with my clients is help develop a, a, what's called in the business a transference where they ascribe certain attributes to me from a personality standpoint and yada 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 yada. So they have this fantasy of what my life is like. And it yeah, let me ask you a question. What's 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 the value of using your uh, selling with your family? What's 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 going on there about your kid and your wife? What do you want them to know about that? 
because there's no reason to hold it back. It helps to develop that holistic impression of me that makes them like me and relate to me much better. Okay, so hold think, on. Okay, hold on. No, 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 wait. Let, me, let me interrupt. Let me interrupt. Thank I just goodness. want to make clear. So there's the business you and the personal you, and you think you have to mix them together. You can't just be a business person with them. Is that right? I think it's more effective to be the all-inclusive me rather than having a business side and a separate personal side. And that's what I found over the years, that for some people it doesn't work with their personality. With mine, it does. So you they don't like to be talking to me about people, what's going on. You have to be somebody that people enjoy being around. Hey! Why? you got to be cool. Why? you got to be smooth. you got to be... Now, if you're a shut-in, and I'm not naming names, but if you're shut-in in your apartment in Toronto... And going out and meeting people is, is an idea that just freaks you out because you don't even want to shake people's hands. That's not going to be your style. So you have to develop an online persona that's a little bit more open to people. Oh. You know, like me and you, Jeff, we like meeting people. People like hanging out. I like visiting with my customers. And yeah, me, I'm, I'm not, not anywhere near any of my customers. So okay, and you're suffering for it. But why did you say you talk to them on Facebook rather than LinkedIn? Because they're more relaxed on Facebook, and they're open to more contact that way. You know, you know, you send a message to someone on LinkedIn about their wife and kids, or their, you know, their husband, and that could be, you know, gay or straight these days, or or um, mm -hmm. wife gay or straight. It's not the appropriate thing to to deal with on LinkedIn, but on Facebook, people are more receptive. And so, how do you get their Facebook? Do you do you just send them a a friend? You look them up and send them a friend request, or you tell them, "Hey, I'd like to be your Facebook friend. Is it okay?" You know, in my case, I'll use tools like I think it's Discoverly uh, that will also give me uh, access to what their Facebook profile would be, or a number of their online persona would be. And sometimes people reach out to me proactively. Sometimes I reach out to them. I, okay. I never force it on them, and most people uh -huh. accept. Does anybody have a comment on that? Because I'd imagine that lots of people would uh, think that's a terrible thing to connect with your clients I think on you Facebook. Be selective. I think you want to be selective. I mean, if, if some, of, some of my customers I know um, wouldn't really like some of the political stuff that I'm posting, on my personal page, so I'll connect with them in a group. You know, there's a, there's a few different uh, Facebook conversation tones that, that everybody has. I mean, not everybody is one of my personal friends on Facebook, but anybody's in. in. Do, do you know the, the group Recruiters Who Actually Make Placements? I've heard of that one. It's yeah. A one. It's a good one. It's a good okay. one. It's an award-winning group. Hold on a second. Is Greg Dergarian complaining about my French? Did I say laissez-faire attitude? It's sort of like I'm willing to let go. Uh, sorry, Greg. I'm sorry, okay? I'm only Canadian. <laughs> yeah. It's our Don't national whip language. Out animal. Okay. Does anybody else want to talk to uh, Jeff about his real stuff, not about you know his family and stuff? I don't care about your family. Okay, so uh, okay, so let me see. Now here's a question: Should you? We talked about last week. We'll just quickly. Uh, should you uh, submit good candidates as you find them, 
or wait until you have three? I know the pros and cons of each approach. What do you do? What do you do? As I find them, and along the way, I'm still talking to them throughout. So I'll tell them, this is the first person I've identified who fits the role. And what I'm trying to do here is learn how you evaluate and assess. So could you give me a critique of this resume uh, that I'm presenting to you? Now, to me, and for the practices that I work in, that's great because a first-time client is now telling me how they think. So that the next time I send the resume to them, if they've liked this guy, I know what to duplicate. If they haven't liked this person, I know what to fix and how. Well, hold on a and, second. If they like the guy, why don't you just try to sell them on that guy and the search well, can course. end there? Well, I don't find it, it ever ends there. Why because not? Clients have bright, shiny object syndrome. And they're always afraid that the next person over the hill is going to be better than the one that they just saw. Some so, don't. But I'm also, of course, trying to figure out is where they are in their process. Have they, is this the first resume that they're seeing? In which case, I know I'm in for a long haul. Uh, or is it going to be, uh, have they seen a bunch of people and I'm riding in on the white horse? Doesn't, doesn't this really go back, though, to the beginning of the search, Jeff, where you're going to have a discover the process part of your discussion so you're going to know in advance have you ever hired the first person you interviewed oh no we never would or sure yeah if he's the right guy i'll take him i mean i never believe that answer i the last i was just sitting here thinking the last three placements that we've made uh it's been interview hire no no two different companies so uh, contracting no Nope. Alejandro, you want to comment on that? Well, hold on, wait. One, I just want a clarification. One is, one is a contract to hire. Okay. The other nice. two, no. So, so it, it's really about asking the company on the front end, hey, tell me about your process. And the way I ask is I don't mind a long process, and I'm ready for a short, quick process. The key for our success here, though, is for me to know what your process is. Tell me about it. And so you're going to you're going to be able to make a decision about how they work, what they do, and you'll know in advance. Does that impact how you present, Jerry? Would you, if you had, you knew you were going to have a long process, would you wait and send a couple people in a group, or would you send right away as soon as you got somebody? I'm always sending the candidate right when I have them. Okay. Absolutely. I I don't play games with wait it out or any of that. Now, if somebody's qualified, if I'm interviewing the candidate, and he says he's interested or she why should I wait five days to introduce them? I mean, I'm expecting that candidate to be ready to jump through a hoop when I say, let's go. So you got to do that. I mean, you have to, you got to go. Always. I mean, the plan. Okay, Alejandro, what do you want to say about it? I think the process informs how you're going to conduct the search. Uh, I did an eight-month search from a client that I'm doing a one-month search for now. They've already told me we're going to close this up before September's over. So I'm certainly going to send candidates in a group instead of sending what I get as I get it uh, for this particular search. But, and you know, you've got an exclusive I, I, on that, and you're not afraid that you're going to lose your candidates while you're keeping them uh, on the hot plate? No, because I, I told them that was part of the process, that they're getting shortlisted. I'm putting together a group of people that I'm going to send, and I'm going to send them all as 
part of this grouping. Now you, do and you, you, you keep people Alejandro? informed as yeah, it's retained. Oh, see, uh, then that changes everything then. No, it doesn't, Jerry. Somebody no, could come along. Does. The no, you've got to keep people in the know about what the process is, and you've got to have a process look, based on look, what the look. situation calls for. You, you, you retain doesn't change everything in how you approach and service? Uh, that's baloney. Hold on a second. The candidate, he's got a passive candidate. Guy, you know, maybe he wasn't happy with his job, but he wasn't looking. Alejandro calls him up. He's 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 ready to to go interview hey, here. Hey, that hey. next guy, somebody else calls him, or he starts looking at the ads. He's ready to go. You got to move on that guy while he while yeah. he's hot, or somebody else might. Bunch, that's another bunch of crap that recruiters came up with a long time ago to force some sense of urgency with their customers. Hey, when I recruit somebody, I'm gonna I'm gonna move them from passive to being an active candidate and once they dust up their resume dust it off they're going to be out looking for a job all over time you better hurry <laughs> hold on hold on you know the guy who was involved in creating the myth of the passive applicant many years ago it is the biggest load of crap known to mankind because we don't really know whether they're passive or active we get a referral from someone who tells us contact this individual we think they're a passive applicant because they came to us through a particular technique when in point of fact their friend knows that they're looking for a job and lo and behold we're thinking they're passive and in fact they're active or we found them through one means or another that we would associate with being passive but they've got a blind resume on monster no name no email address yeah well, you're making it you're making up stories to suit yourself okay let no, you know what i not. no man <laughs> This is, here. Where am I? I'm, uh, no, no, no. no. Oh you recruit goodness. passive candidates. You recruit people who aren't recruit looking. Everybody. Okay? Everybody. You recruit and people who aren't looking. He's pretending that they really are, and, and he doesn't know. That's not true. But hold on a second. Uh, you know, I'm going to have to ask Alejandro another time how you conduct an eight-month search. I can't do it right now. I just remembered something. That business development email, what's the subject line there? Uh, it could be that I was referred by so-and-so uh, about a search that they're conducting, and that causes them to open the email. If it's a completely cold one, I've heard something, I may have heard something that relates to the fact that they're trying to hire someone. So it might say, I understand you're trying to bring on fill-in-the-blank. That's, in that's in the subject line? That's a that yeah. long sentence? Yeah. Mm. Even in, in the LinkedIn or email uh, protocols, you can get 25, 30 characters in, and it's not going to get truncated by any of the mail services. What kind of LinkedIn pro, uh, uh, account do you have? I have a recruiter account. Okay, and you think that's the best for a solo recruiter like yourself? Yeah. It, you know, the hard thing about LinkedIn is it's just another database now, and everyone has access to so much of it. Now, there are tools that are good workarounds. Like I'll, I'll just mention for U.S.-based recruiters, uh, I created a, a Google custom, in, uh, custom search engine, uh, li-usa.info, I believe it is, or li-us.info. It's one or the other. And that gives you all the public profiles in the U.S. for LinkedIn. You can use that, but in terms of contacts, um, I, I just want to make sure I have access to the full database. So, yes, I have the recruiter account. And, yeah, there are other ways around it. And okay. the question is, would you rather just pay the money or pay the time? 
Okay. So, but also you seem to put a lot of store in referrals. Are you big on sort of like warm calls as opposed to cold calls? I like warm calls better than cold calls. I don't think anyone you know, would argue with me about that. But if I make cold calls, I make cold calls. It's okay. Okay. But you don't, you know, some people will go around the block to find somebody who knows somebody so they can mention that name. Is that you? No, I prefer to just dive in directly. Okay. 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 Anybody got a question? I, I'm sorry. You know, if there was someone watching Twitter, I could see your questions. There's a fair bit of discussion there. I don't know. What about a candidate who won't reveal the current salary? Do you, uh, do, is that a hassle for you? Do you get rid of them? It depends. Sometimes I'll play with them a little bit longer because I figured out uh, a while ago that they're not telling me for one of two reasons. One is they don't trust me enough. Number two is they've been watching advice from other people not to give up salary. I think there was something in, in one of the Facebook groups about that this week. And you know, that's the usual reason why. They have advice not to give up salary because the employer knows the number. And they're looking to get both numbers because they're only going to work on a formula. Now, if the person is average or mediocre, you know, it's hard to really engage with them. They okay, let me move on. Let me move on. Yeah, do you ask you. for salary? The question: salary history. Do you ask for salary history or just current salary? Current is where I start, but if they've been out for a while and I can see they've taken a contract recently, I want to know the salary before this one because sometimes... Okay, but some know, people... I never heard of this salary history business. Jerry, did you ever hear of it? Yeah, no, I heard of it back in the Stone much, Ages. But I mean, we, back in my early days, we would uh, know the salary of every job that the person was on. Oh, yeah, you know, they had, a, they had to fill those name. forms out. Yeah, okay. yeah. Yeah. Okay. Okay. No one has okay. the time. You know, it's, what, you know is voicemail dead? Changed a lot. Is voicemail dead? Is voicemail dead? No, not at all. It's a reality. Everyone says it is. I don't care. Everyone says it is. Resumes are dead. Our resumes dead? Yeah, not voicemail. Okay, sorry. So Jeff's Jeff's not into that stuff. Okay. Resume, uh, resumes are for when people are, are hunting, and LinkedIn is for people for when people want to be hunted. Okay. Is there something you know that you think most recruiters don't know that they benefit from? Uh, the short answer to that is yes. And what that item would be... Oh, Jerry, I'm glad I could crack you up. And, and the expanded answer is, is about patience and touch. Uh, most recruiters don't have any touch. So they keep driving that hammer home time and again, and that's the only thing that they know. And sometimes you need to be able to pull back a little bit and take a bigger picture perspective on what's really going on. Well, can you be concrete? I don't know what you're talking about. Oh, animal, you're a bright guy, but I'll still explain it. I know exactly what you just said, Jeff. I know exactly what you just said. Yeah, you know, we've all been trained in this business to get on the phones, talk to 100 people a day, send out tons of messages and emails and what have you to communicate with lots of different people. And then we get someone on the phone, and we're there to beat them up and make them do what we command them to do. That was our, all of our trainings at the beginning. And as time progresses, you start to learn that things have changed over the course of time. It's like when you look at TV commercials, there are five models of 
uh, consumer that uh, that people advertise to. Now, taking out the one that has no money, which no one really addresses very much, the biggest group that uh, exists now. You know what? You lost me. Okay, you lost me, uh, and I'm uh, just reading Twitter. Derek Zeller said he hung up. Okay, so you better get to the point. I'm happy to do it. The largest group of individuals that, that businesses market to are the ones that don't want to be sold to. So how do you sell to people who don't want to be sold to? How? Really? How? By giving them inf- by giving them information. And part of the reason they don't want to be sold to is they've been bombarded by assholes in our business who treat them like swine. And treat them as commodities, and they want to be catered to a little bit. How more. do you do that? They've, you told you yourself said you use a form letter. You're not one of those guys who go out trying to kiss their ass with all kinds of personalized details. Well, what I, are you I talking about? about? I, I spoke about customizing individual things within a note, not just simply sending the same. Blank. Okay, I'm not getting the answer I like. Let's move on. If a candidate lies, do you confront her or do you just pass on her? I'm sorry, you broke up on me a little Your bit. Your phone's there. on the blank now, man. Okay, when a candidate lies, can you hear that? When a candidate lies, do I confront them? Yeah. My answer is I do it uh, in an indirect way. And, and the way I confront them is by saying, <laughs> I'm confused. I'm confused. On the one hand, you said this, but your resume says that. So could you clear this up for me? Now, uh-huh. am I calling them a liar, or am I, conf- am I confronting them in a gentle way that gives them an okay. out? And you well, what happens? Paper, animal, and you've got to make that paper rustling sound, too. Hey, I'm, I'm looking through my notes here, and the other day, hold on a second. The other day you said, did I, 19, did I write uh, that down wrong? Okay, hold on a second. Wait a second. If if what if you're checking references, you can't really uh, betray the uh, the the you know the the reference. The reference gave you, he or she gave you sincere information that's you know private, uh, and, and you can't go back to the candidate and say you know I spoke to your last manager and she said this isn't true. You didn't do this. You didn't do that. You didn't do that. So you. Would, what would you do? You can't really go back and say, prove it that, that, that you did it, right? Because then you'd be betraying the, the confidence of the, of the reference. So what I would say to you guys now is I'm not sure how I would respond and I'd want to think about it before getting on the phone with them. Never happened to you, right? I haven't had that kind of situation. You know, with one of my clients, I've checked references religiously for them for years, mm-hmm. and I haven't gone to the confrontational part. Now, uh, I've had situations where on certain um, personal qualities, individuals have graded out low, and I've kind of explored uh, by asking the hiring manager, do you tend to be a tough grader with things? And they'll start laughing and going, yeah. So if you weren't such a, a tough grader, and you, were, and you were talking about your wife here, what would you say? <laughs> and the number suddenly changes. On a scale of 1 to 10? Yeah. Okay. Okay. Uh, you obviously think that a, a recruiter needs a, a website. Am I right about that? Because you made a big deal about the brand opening doors. Am I right about that? Yeah, it's not just the brand. The brand was the starting place, but it's all the content I've developed over the years that helped people that I'd never be able to place in jobs. 
Because one of the things about being a magnet. Yeah, but that's you. That's you. Yeah. Most people aren't going to do what you do, right? What should other people do? Do, an do they need a website? Link to, uh, I think it helps uh, anyone in our business establish their identity uh, and their, their um, bona fides. I've always loved uh -huh. saying that word. Yeah. Uh, as someone different and apart from their firm. And I say that apart from their firm because, like, I worked for an agency uh, some years ago where the owner winds up on the front page of the Times for a sexual harassment suit. And I was out the door three months later, and I'm getting a call from a friend of mine at Bloomberg who's, who calls me up and says, we're about to break this story. Are you hearing anything that's inaccurate? I'm going, no. Uh, so yeah, it's such a weird story. Does anybody have some questions for Jeff? I, I'm, I'm losing sorry. it. I'm, I'm losing sorry. it. Yeah, you're telling anecdotes. Uh, that's Jerry's the anecdote guy. You know, he wants to hear the anecdotes. I want to inform. Animal. What would you like from me, animal? Yeah, I don't know. Man, I don't know. Somebody else ask a question. Do you want me to give a dumb answer? He makes placements. I, I know. Sometimes that, sometimes that confuses well, here, you, you know. Here, here, Jeff, Jeff, what if you call someone and the candidate says, Jeff, do you think this is a good move for me? Uh, the answer, of course, is sure. Why? <laughs> you got to prove it. You've got to prove it. Jeff, why, why do you think it's a good move? Are well, you, can you answer it, that it, question? So if it's the fifth call or the fifth interview, I know more about them than I do on the. What about on the first call? You're calling them up. And you say, you know, I don't know. Do you think it's a good move for me? What are you going to say? They would never ask that. It's a fake. It's a fake scenario. I'll, I'll still take the scenario because you know, playing yeah. with as a, I don't. I don't no, really I don't. know enough about you personally. I hope right. to learn that over the course of time, but it certainly fits your background well. Yeah, I'd say. Yeah, it might be. Let's check it out. And, and that's how I would play it, by acknowledging I don't know them. I don't know everything about them. I don't know if they can work 60 hours a week at uh, this particular banking firm. And I don't know what their career aspirations are. And I don't know if they're in a master's program where they have no extra time in their life and their wife is about to give birth to their third child and you know, on and on and on and on. I don't know this stuff at the time of the first call. But I'll learn it pretty quickly. And at okay. the end of the day, it's their life and their decision. Uh -huh. So you're willing to let them go. You're, 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 you've got the light touch. Alejandro, are you still on the line? Alejandro, still there? Yeah, I'm still on the line. You're falling asleep? Oh, you, say, you sound like you're, you're not excited. Oh, it's just following the Mets Philly series. Okay, what do you think of that question? If the person said on the first call, you're calling the person up, you don't know them already, and you say, look, I've got a good position here at this company, or whatever it is. I've got this position. This is what's involved. And, you know, someone would say, well, why are you calling me? Do you think that's a good move for me? What would you say, Alejandro? Same thing as Jeff. I, I don't know I you well enough I'm yet. Let's talk about you, it. Right. I'm, exactly. I'm calling you to find out if it's a good move for you. Once I understand what's important to you, I can tell you whether mm -hmm. I think it's a good move or not. Uh-huh. Well, but uh, Jeff, I'll ask Alejandro and Jeff at the same time. Jeff first. Sometimes it's not the right job and the person gets insulted. You should do your homework. Why are you calling me? Have you never had that happen? They say, uh, you know what? You're showing me that you don't know anything by calling me for this position. Have you ever had that happen, Jeff? Of course. And what do you do then? 
the the answer is, you know, uh, you know, there's so many ways to respond to that. So what I want to do now is switch off of this job. Let me get acquainted with you so I don't wind up making this mistake again. And they talk with me about their background. Or if they're going to treat me like a dick, I'm not going to want to continue this conversation because I'm not there to be abused by them. I'm there to satisfy a client who wants to pay me a lot of money to fill a job. And I'm trying to help them improve their career and their life. If they think I'm just another commodity provider, I'm, not, I'm just another guy working offshore, it's not what I want to put myself through. Hey, Jeff, uh -huh. what are the average fees in your market? In mine? Yeah. Uh, bottom fee would be 25000 uh, So do you want fee. percentages then, or are you just flat fee? Yeah, percentages. I'm a contingency recruiter primarily. So what fee, 25%? 20 or 25 depends on the client. Uh you know, cap, I don't want to say cap, that's not correct. But, you know, a fee will go from 25000 to about forty-five to 50000 You know what? i got a final question because we're out of time. And, I, you know, I, as I scroll down the page, I find different questions that I prepared that are more interesting than the ones I'm asking. About six years ago, whenever it was you were on the show before, you told us that contingent recruiters uh, typically take way more orders than they can handle, then sort through them, and work the ones they think uh, they're going to make money on, and they ignore the others. Do you still agree that that's an okay thing to do, that you can take job orders from people and, with, you know, and never work them and never get back to them? The, the question is never work them. I may choose to work them and discover that the client is going to be abusive of me by not responding to my calls. Not that's not what I asked you, and that's not I'm what you to told be specific. me. So I didn't. I remember the interview, and I listened to the show. I think about a month and a half ago. Uh, and yes, there are times I walk away from from situations. Do you call them and say I'm not going to work this order, or, or you know something else comes in better, and you say, you know what, I think I can find candidates for this in one week, and the other one, who knows, right? So what do you well, do? Do you just walk away, or do you call them? It's not even a question of who knows, because these days the data is that much better than when we did the first interview. Uh, for example, there's this one cyber job that someone asked me to work on in New York, and you know the, the reality is that of the 75 people who fit the tight specification, 60 have already been spoken to about this job. What more am I going to do? How do you know that? How do you I've know that? I've spoken to the 75. I've spoken to 60 people who've already been spoken with about this job, and there's another 15 who haven't been. So my question, because after the 15, yeah, I can advertise it, and I can do things to draw people in that maybe are outside the region. Okay, you're not giving me the nice, clean answer that I wanted. I wanted a, yeah, oh, no, I never walk so, away. So, I'll never take a job order and walk away from it, or if I'm going to not work it, I'll call back and tell them, you know, I'm not going to work this position because there's something so else the clean, I'd rather do. The clean answer is I'll call them up now and say, you know, I've already spoken to 60 people who've been approached about this job. What was wrong about... Okay, no, no, that's that different. Yeah, you're twisting it. You're twisting it into something you've put a lot of work into and then you don't want to work anymore. What you told me back then, if I remember correctly, and it doesn't matter if you told me, in theory, if you take 10 job orders with the intention of only working three, you just want to work the three best ones, you put seven in your drawer. I remember clearly you said something uh -huh. like that. And, and you know, you yeah, don't look at him again. example. He's got to pull something out that he cornered you into agreeing to or saying. Back You're not going to look at him again. He's, ah, you he's know what? animal. 
He's yeah. our animal. We yeah. love him. Okay, you don't want to answer that question. But you know what? I've had fun having you back on. There's been complaints on Twitter. I always get complaints. Don't worry about that. But you won't wait six years before coming back again, will you? Oh, if you want to have me back sooner, I'd sure, be I got lots to of be questions. on your show. I got other questions I didn't ask. Jerry, is there an after show today? Not today. I'm in the middle of uh, knocking some stuff out. To hey, Jerry, you want to get on my show? Sure. Yeah, sure. yeah, call Call yeah, Jerry up yeah. and get him on your show. Call Jerry Alejandro's. Alejandro's great too. You can Thanks use all everybody. the people from the Recruiting Animal Show on your show. Jeff, I'd love Altman, to have you on as guests. The big guy, game hunter that people won't spell unless I spell it for them, and I'm not going to do it again. Thank Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.